Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. So good. So we are going to carry on with our series of worship in worship today, and I'm just going to jump right in. So I'm going to invite you just to turn to Psalm 86 with me, Psalm 86, verse 8, we're going to start in. I love the Psalms. I love David, who is the writer of this specific Psalm. It's a prayer and I think really a a portion of worship. It's like a worship song. And so I'm going to read a little bit of it and then we're going to dive in to some things today. But I just love how real David is, how authentic he is. You know, When I'm struggling with something, I can turn to the Psalms and I can find something in the Psalms that I can relate to. But then always in that place, as I keep reading, my my, everything changes because I discover how good God is again. So I loved how real David was. Let's just read Psalm 86, verse 8. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. I love that picture of heaven. It's going to be all nations, all ethnos, all people groups, even those that don't follow him at the moment. There's going to be people from every tribe and tongue worshiping, bowing down before the Lord and glorifying his name one day. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart. I will glorify your name forever. And I love this psalm. It starts out with kind of that in verse 8 with the worship and adoration of who God is and how marvelous he is. And then in that place of worship, David kind of realizes and, he, and he's like, I want to know you more. I want to learn more about you. I've seen you. I've experienced you. But I teach me, God, your ways. Teach me your way, O Lord. So it's, it's not just what he does, what God who God is, but also what he does, because he is what he does, and he does who he is. And so David's like, oh, I I want to learn and know more of you. I want to understand more of you and experience more of you, that I may walk in your truth. So I might have a greater understanding of who you are and have a greater understanding of who I am as I discover you, as as my eyes are open. And then he says, unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart. So he's saying, Lord, my desire is to always be in the place of awe and wonder. And where any part of my heart has wandered or where my heart is slightly divided, my desire is that you would realign it, that you would pull all of the broken pieces of me back together so that I can worship you with my whole heart, with all my my mind or my thought or my will or my 
emotions. That's my desire is that I would be able to worship you with my whole heart and glorify your name forever. So he was a man whose heart and life was fully surrendered to God. That was his desire and that was who he became. That was who he was. He made mistakes. He was far from perfect, but he was known as a man after God's heart, a man of wholehearted devotion. And I don't know about you, but that's what I want to be known for as well. (laughs) I'd like to be remembered as someone who lived fully surrendered and fully yielded to the Lord and passionate. I want people to know God as they experience me because of what he's done in my life. Anyone else want that? Yeah, that'd be all right, wouldn't it? (laughs) Don't get too excited. So it says in, in the message, I'll just, I love this translation of it in the message, verse 11. It says, put me together, one heart and one mind. Make me one. Then undivided, I will, joy, I will worship in joyful fear. I love that. It's like I, there's, there's this joy that will come out of me that's awesome, because of your awesomeness and your goodness as, as you unite me, as you Pull me all together. So Lord, would you do that today? So I'm, we're going to kind of jump right into this and we're going to talk, I'm talking about wholehearted devotion, being a people of wholehearted devotion, having undivided hearts for the Lord and to be just like David in that sense. And I'm going to, I want to just bring up, as I was preparing, I felt the Holy Spirit kind of just um, caused me to think of three characteristics of a people who are, who have wholehearted devotion to the Lord. And I'm, this is not a message to say you need to do better. This is a message just to say, hey, guys, this is wonderful to be part of such a great family of people who love the Lord, who are following after him. And let's, let's just go to greater heights, deeper depths together. Going to come with me? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my first point is pure in heart. A wholehearted, a person who's wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord is pure in heart. My second point is passionate in pursuit. A wholehearted, wholehearted and devoted person to the Lord is passionate in their pursuit of Him. And my third point is very simple. It's just a, a wholehearted person is devoted to really having the perspective of heaven, having a perspective of heaven, coming up here, which is our theme for the year. So let's start in point number one, pure in heart, being a people of wholehearted devotion. There's this invitation to be pure in heart. If you look in at um, the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus It's his most famous sermon. If you turn to Matthew 5, chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So happy, blessed, happy, joyful are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They shall have a greater revelation. Their eyes will be open to see the King of Kings. And what's the key? Purity of heart. And I believe there is an invitation for us to walk in greater measures of purity of heart. If anything has shown us over the last two years, three years, it's kind of been what's on the inside of us. And some of it is not, has not been very pretty. <laughs> Don't know about you. 
But anyway, I know some of my parts have not been very pretty in this last three years. <laughs> anyway, so blessed are the pure in heart. That word pure here is um, in the Greek is translated as kathros. I don't know if that's the right way to pronounce it because I don't speak Greek. Someone can correct me afterwards if you speak Greek. Either kathros or kathros. And it means clean, unstained, free from contamination, and innocent. The Greek usage of that word was often used of metals that were refined. So they were heated to such a high point that until all of the impurities have been removed. So leaving only the actual original metal. So in that sense, purity means unmixed, unalloyed, unadulterated. But if you apply that to our hearts in this context, purity means, or kathros means, the idea is that a pure heart being single-minded in our motives, undivided in our devotion, having spiritual integrity and true righteousness. So to be pure in heart is to be unmixed and untainted and not divided, but having like this single-mindedness and, and being free from impurities and things that would um, kind of make us not be fully walking in the holiness and the purity and the set-apartness that the Father has for us. So you might paraphrase that beatitude like this. I desire a heart that is unmixed in its devotion and motivation. So I want the not just what comes out of me, not just my actions to be devoted and to have wholehearted devotion, but I want to have the actual motive of my heart to be pure and clean as well. So what's happening on the inside of me matches with what goes comes out of me and goes on in, on the outside of me. So a lifestyle of wholehearted devotion to Jesus is really that that is purely all for Jesus. We've been singing about it this morning. It's all about him. It's all to him. And our whole life is yielded to him to bring him glory. So... As we worship him and spend time in his presence, our hearts are purified. They're refined. And worship, as we said today, is not just singing songs, but as we kind of surrender and we, we look to him and we, we have our eyes open to who he is and we respond to him, actually our hearts are purified and come into alignment with heaven. And so there's this... I feel like there's this invitation for us. You know, we are holy. When we say yes to Jesus, when we give our lives to him, he says, right, I'm taking you out of the domain of darkness. I'm pulling you right now in this moment out of there, and I'm placing you in the kingdom of my beloved son. You are now in Christ Jesus. The moment you say yes to him, you decide in your heart and you confess it with your mouth. I want, I want you, Jesus. I want you to be my one thing as, those, as we just saw today. It's like we, we are in that moment we, we're no longer dead in our sin. We've now been made alive. We've been made alive in Christ. We're a new creation. And we're taken and we're, we're holy. He sees us. The, the, the righteousness and the, the purity of Jesus is credited to our bank account. So we are holy. But then there's also this 
dimension of we are being made holy. We are being made pure. So we are pure and spotless, but he's also cleaning us up and making that that's happened on the inside and spiritually to us match up with our actions and who we are and how we live out our lives. So being pure in heart is something that is done, but it's also something that is being done to us that we yield to. So there's this journey of... of, um, Sanctification is the spiritual word that's used for it. So we're holy and being made holy. It's done once and for all through Jesus. And then we have this joyful journey of the sanctification process, transformation that happens for us. And these these encounters of freedom that we have with Jesus are really significant for us. And I just want to Say, I, I want to share with you something that happened for me. Um, a number of years ago, I was in a moment of worship like this. And I, I was, we, we had our eyes, our, our gaze on Jesus, just adoring him, worshiping him. And all of a sudden, I became aware of some pain in my heart, uh, the response of my heart to an experience I'd had with someone that had left me feeling a, a little icky, and also I'd, I'd, on the inside, I was react, my heart was reacting in a way that was not God's best for me, was not who he created me to be. I was, I was aware that there were some orphan tendencies. I was afraid to speak up with this person and, and confront them because I was afraid that they were going to reject me and, uh, and abandon me. And in this moment, I, in this moment in worship, in this, this, sphere of, of encounter and presence with Jesus, he, he showed me what was on the inside of me, some impurity on the inside of me. And, and he brought it up for me and he took me up into heaven in that moment with him. And, I, and, he, and he looked at me and he, he, he's like going to this, like beckoning me. He's sitting on the throne and he's calling me to come and sit on his lap. And I'm feeling like a little orphan, rejected, hurt, angry, a little bit victimized, a little bit lonely. And he's, he's just, and a little bit unclean because I was, I was, I felt angry towards the person and I was, my heart was a little hardened towards them. A bit of bitterness might be coming up, a little bit of unforgiveness as well. I'm sure you guys never feel this, but this was me in this moment. And Jesus, he's just saying, come, be with me. You know, in the moment where I felt dirty and I felt abandoned and I was afraid of being abandoned and rejected and not loved, he's right there saying, come here, come and sit on my lap. And so I, in this vision, I went and sat on his lap. And in that moment, he's he's just dusting me off. And I'm aware of my sin and, and the sin that was done to me and the rejection that I feel and the fear that I, I feel. And he's like, he's just dusting me off and wiping that what felt dirty and painful and things that had been slung at me was being wiped off. And in that moment, he took me back. I had like this film show of, of multiple times in my life where I'd, where I'd felt abandoned and I'd felt a little bit like this. It wasn't exactly the same experience, but there were feelings that felt the same for me. And he took me back and he showed me, oh, this is, this is where some of this has come in. This is where some of this came in. When you found out the day that your parents told you they were separating and getting divorced, there was abandonment that came in and you kind of, you, you, 
put protection on, you felt rejected and you felt like they weren't going to be there for you. You didn't feel safe. And then the day that I got married and I had to ask my dad to um, dance with me for, for the father daughter dance and and I'm I felt like I had to convince him and he's like and and I was just aware of the rejection that I felt in that moment and and feeling not fully loved and accepted for who I was and then there were other things that he was just like quickly showing me and then he's just like showing me in that moment I was this is where I was in that memory this is where I was in that memory this is where I was in that memory that doesn't need to stick to you I've cleaned it off and I'm cleaning it off right now you're loved you belong you're accepted and I had this epic encounter and he stood me up at the end of it and I could I looked down and I could see this beautiful like bridal gown and I'm like oh that's who I am. I'm his bride. I belong to him. He loves me. I'm okay. It's going to be okay. I can forgive that person. I can release them. I feel okay to go and have a conversation with them about what happened. And it's like that moment of encounter was so significant for me in that place as I was just allowing him to purify me and to clean up my heart. So I want to encourage you Guys, go to the transformation weekend. We can have these moments by ourselves, as Mel said, but sometimes it's good to be with other people, to have someone else agree with what the Lord's doing in our lives. So I want to encourage you, go to the Encounter Weekend if you have not ever done it before. Go to the Transformation Weekend, I should say. It's called the Transformation Weekend. Have an encounter at the Transformation Weekend. So I, it's a place... It's a space to find freedom, to be transformed, and then to live in your purpose. So I want to encourage you. And this, that's what part of this is about, this pure in heart, becoming pure, living wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord. is not just to do better. It's actually to encounter him, to know we're loved, and to walk in our freedom and to walk in our calling and then affect the world around us. So I just want to ask you this question in this moment. What impurities do we need do you need to deal with what do you what are you aware of maybe just close your eyes in this moment and just even ask the Holy Spirit to say to just say what do I need from you right now Lord what do you want to show me where is there impurity in my life what do I need cleansing from maybe it's not a big thing maybe it's a little thing that you've just been living with and you just got used to it Maybe it's a bigger thing and you've just not known how to deal with it. Is there any mixture in your life right now where you feel like you're not single-minded, you're actually double-minded, you're struggling to make decisions on things? Just allow the Holy Spirit right now to shine his light and show you Maybe that you've been gossiping or talking behind someone's back at work. Maybe you've lied about something. Maybe you're looking at things that really are not great for you. And you feel icky afterwards. Maybe you're reading stuff that just affects your emotions in an unhealthy way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for showing us. Right now, we just give you those things. We hand those things to you. Lord, thank you they're not who we are. That's not how you see us. 
And so, Holy Spirit, right now we invite you to cleanse us, to wash over us. Thank you that you see us as pure and spotless. We ask for your forgiveness. We forgive ourselves. We forgive others. And we let go. And we receive your perfect love. Thank you that your blood speaks a better word over us. Cleanse our hearts, Lord. Search our hearts. See if there's any way of pain in us. And lead us in your way, in your truth, into freedom and wholeness and holiness right now. Thank you, Lord. So as we're being made holy, we're more able to live freely and be who we are. And that brings me to my second point. That's a people wholehearted, wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord, living in passionate pursuit of him. So we're passionately pursuing him. There's this saying that says, pursuit is the evidence of desire. So what we chase after is what we're longing for. What we spend our time on and spend our finances on and what we really, really want in the depths of our heart is what we focus on and what we'll chase after. So maybe we desire fame. Maybe we desire approval from man. Maybe we desire wealth. Maybe we desire a relationship with a person who may not be the best for us. Maybe we desire Jesus and his kingdom. But what we chase after, what we spend our time and energy on, is an indication of, of what we desire. So our passion and pursuit of Jesus, I just want to lift you off any, lift you out of any pressure. That passion and desire did not ever originate in us, and it's not our hard work that, that gets us to chase after Jesus. It actually originates in Christ Jesus. It originates in the Father. It's actually our desire for him is our heart response to what he has done for us already. It's his love that's poured out in us, his love that we've seen in him giving his life on the cross, in him laying down his life, in him cleaning us up and saying yes to us even when we were dead in our sins. Our pursuit and desire of him comes from an overflowing heart of love that has received and has a revelation of who he is and therefore who he's made us to be. It's not about us. It's an echo. It's like He's saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. I've been singing this song as your daddy over you for all of eternity. And our hearts echo back. It's like, oh, that bounces off our heart. I love you. I love you with the love that you've loved me with. I can't love you with my own love, but I love you with the love that you've lavished upon me. And that's what happens. It's like we, our heart echoes. It's the response to him. It's that song he's been singing over us. Heaven's worship just reflected in our response to him. So we don't have to just try harder and do better. We just yield and respond to his love. And we become passionate in our pursuit of him as we yield. So it's like, it's like this. In the morning, we wake up and we don't feel like going to work because there's some snow outside. And 
maybe just prophesying something that I might feel later in the winter. But I don't know yet. I, you can ask me. I'll confess it. But, um, but I'm like, oh, it's too cold outside. I want to stay snuggled up in my nice warm bed with a nice cup of tea and a nice book to read. Oh, Jesus, I love you. So I'm going to worship you. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to love the people in the cubicle next to me. I'm going to serve you with my actions, with my speech. I love you. And I'm going to respond. My heart is going to respond. It's like this. I, I feel like I'm, I love you, Jesus. I worship you. You've given me everything that I have, that I own, and so I'm going to return it back to you. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to so give back to you, return back to you what actually is yours because I trust you. My heart is I'm pursuing you. I'm, I'm pursuing and, and passionate about you, and this is the manifestation of it in my heart. I'm re returning my tithes. I'm actually going to be generous with my time. I worship you. I love you, Lord. I'm just giving back to you the gifts that you've given me. I lay them at your feet. I use them to bless my community. I use them to bless my family. And I give my time. I give my affection. I give my words. That's our act of worship to him, our response, our passionate pursuit of him, the response to what he's already done. Maybe you're here on a Sunday morning and you're like, I don't feel like worshiping. It doesn't sound very good. It's not, you know, I just don't feel like it. But it's like, oh, I stir up my soul. I tell my soul to stand up and worship the Lord. I'm not saying that our worship team don't sound good because they, they always sound amazing, just so you know. It's like, but you know, some days you're like, I'm just not feeling it. Well, my feelings get put to the side and I'm like, I love you, King Jesus. You are worthy of my worship. You're worthy of this sacrifice. You're worthy of me responding with my body to you, dancing, leaping, lifting my hands up, bowing down, shouting, being quiet sometimes. That's my response, passionate in pursuit of him because he's worthy. Now, the challenge that we have sometimes in that place, with it, if we have a divided heart or we are lacking that desire to pursue him, quite often that is because there's a battle in our mind. A lot of the battles that we struggle with is this battle in our mind. If you read Romans 12, verse 1 to 2, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. That's our worship. It's not just singing. It's like, God, I give you my whole body. I present it to you. We get up every day and we present our body to the Lord and say, do with it what you will. Use me. I love the way Heidi Baker says it. She's like, let me be a glove that you put your hand into and use me. I'll, I'll do. Let me be a paintbrush in, in the creator's um, artist's hand and just paint a canvas with my life. I give you my whole life. And that's my spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So there's this 
place, if we are a bit stuck or we're struggling with a lack of desire to pursue and, and a lack of passion for him, it can be a battle for our mind and he wants to deal with that. He wants to completely transform us, which goes back to purity. It's that purification process and allowing him to actually change our thought patterns, change our belief systems, rewire the lies and bring his truth to us so that we can passionately pursue him. So I'll ask you this question. What is vying for your affections and adoration outside of Jesus? Are you distracted? What's distracting your passionate pursuit or competing with your desire? Just allow the Holy Spirit to show you. Maybe it's that Netflix show that needs to be turned off. You're spending a bit of time quietly with Jesus. What attitudes, what lies have you believed about yourself, about the Father or about others that's causing you to just get a bit stuck? Right now he wants to unstick us. So Lord, we yield. Just put your hand on your head. Just say, I yield my mind and my thoughts to you, King Jesus. I give you my whole mind and my whole heart. And my whole body as an act of worship to you. And I say, truth, the man of truth, speak. Unblock my ears, my spiritual ears to hear you. Open my eyes to see the truth. And Lord, give me a spirit that's obedient to walk it out. In Jesus' name. And finally, the third thing, the people who are wholeheartedly devoted to Jesus is having a perspective of heaven. Now, I don't, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I need uh, to get a fresh perspective on things. There's so much going on. There's so much noise. There's so much of a barrage. And sometimes there's so much on the inside, as I said before, those thoughts. And, and, and we get caught up in this, this kind of stuff, in this realm down here, this earthly, fleshly realm. And sometimes I just need to have a fresh perspective from the Lord. It's not from news. It's not from um, a TV show or a magazine, but it's actually from King Jesus and his word, the word, the written word and the living word. And so I, we, when we were, when we used to, when we lived in Australia, in Sydney, we would take our kids to the beach sometimes and the beaches were magnificent and glorious and they were also quite dangerous at times because they would have currents, big waves and currents. And so when we would go to the beach with our kids when they were little, what we would do is we would set up our tent, our sun tent, so that we didn't get sunburnt because it's very hot. And, and we'd say, okay, we'd put all our stuff there and we'd say to our girls, okay, girls, this is where we are. This is, this is where we're camped out for the day. This is where our stuff is. This is the anchor point for us. 
okay, as a family today. And as the beach got more crowded, they could look and see where our stuff was. And then when they went into the water, we would say, okay, you see where our, our little tent is? You see where our stuff is? Where we are sitting? Keep your eye on that because there may be a current that starts to pull you in a slightly different direction. And you may not even know that you're moving, but in, in no time at all, you might find yourself in a really dangerous place or somewhere where you're not meant to be and you need to get rescued. So what we want you to do, girls, is every now and then look up to the shore and see where we are or see where our point of reference is. So rear and then move back so that it's in front of you. Well, that's what I'm talking about here, that perspective and that focus and getting a realignment from heaven and from the king and getting our priorities put back into order and our, our eyes not here but up here. So eyes not on the problem, not on the, the, the enemy that's roaming around like a lion. We're going to be wise to him, but actually we keep our eyes on Jesus because the reality is, is we are seated with him in heavenly places. We are in Christ Jesus, and he has given us the Holy Spirit who empowers us even to change and to get the right perspective, and he, his words are true. He is faithful. He's going to finish what he started, and so no matter what's going on on this earthly realm, I can look to him and trust in him, and he can be my anchor point. He is my point of reference, and he is the one who will make it right, certainly in the end, if it doesn't all work out how I expect it to now. So sometimes we need to get a fresh perspective. If you just look at Psalm 24 with me, and then we're going to wrap up verse 3 to 6. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? Right? This is the upward, come up here. Who shall be in the presence of Jesus? Get his perspective. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Salah. Mic drop. That's it right? <laughs> Who wants to have heaven's perspective? Who wants to walk in purity? Who wants to have not only clean hands, actions, but also live in a lifestyle of wholehearted devotion on the inside? Me. Keep our eyes on Jesus. Let him align us. Let him clean us up. Let him speak his truth. Let him love us. And then we respond to him and yield to him. We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.